<coughs> well, by now probably all of you know that uh, we're in the process of consecrating a Kalabhairava form at the very entrance of uh, Isha Yoga Center. So this will mean many things. Kalabhairava means, to put it very simply, he is the timekeeper of your life. <clears throat> so, timekeeping means, uh, well, these days uh, people are playing all these video games. When it, the time gets over, it says game over. That part of the job is Kalabhairavas to tell you when your game is over. If you become very conscious, you yourself will know when the game is over. But if you're not, he will knock you and tell you. Because something so significant as life, if it is moving towards its end, if you do not know, if somebody gently tells you, you will not know, obviously. Because every cell in the body is speaking the language. If you're not getting it, you definitely need to be knocked on the head and told. See, you're walking on the street, and a very gentle-looking, smiling Shiva passed by. In southern India, more than half the men are named after Shiva. Amen. <laughs> A very gentle, smiling Shiva passed by, most probably you will ignore him. Suppose he comes costumed, really fierce and... Then you're not going to miss him. So, for this role, he took on a fierce form. As you know, the stories of how he became Sundaramurti during his wedding, otherwise he walked around in so many different ways. So to do this job, he's properly costumed. Well, to do different kinds of jobs, you need a certain kind of costume because others won't get it otherwise. <laughs> so he comes fierce. So a certain process is on within myself because consecration is something, because uh, I have no access to scriptures or any other thing, I just have to go through it within myself. So a certain process is on. As a part of that, uh, I thought we will do a Kalabhairava image. This. Uh, It's a painting of Kalabhairava. 
See if he looks like that, if he looks fierce enough. Because somebody said he is looking cute and friendly. So, the significance of Karl uh, Bhairav is, even if you lived unconsciously, to bring a concentrated point of consciousness for the last period of your life. Well, we've been talking about this, if you do not live blissfully, at least you must die peacefully at least. Unfortunately, most people even don't do that. So, there's an image of Kalabairav. This is the first time I ever drew a human figure in my life, so please. you see the dog. Is the dog visible for you or no? Just the face. You can see the body. This is… if you can reduce this a little bit. Hello. Little bit. Is he looking cute for you? <laughs> I thought he's fierce <laughs> Anyway, please. So, uh, a certain process is on and uh, it'll find expression. This question is from Sandhya. Namaskaram Sadhguru, one of the leading actors for Hindi films today took his own life. Mm. I'm really shocked by this. In recent past, Robin Williams and many other extremely successful people have also taken such a drastic step. As a society, where are we going wrong that even successful people are ending their lives in this manner? Well, Every day, I'm sorry, every year, 800,000 people are committing suicide. This is many times more than the number of people murdered and those who die in wars, many times more. It's just that I do not know who this actor or actress is. 
Sushant Singh Rajput. Well, I mean, I just know a few names, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Whoever this is, uh, I mean, I don't want to say anything about this person, unfortunate, because we know nothing about his life. But why is this happening? As a... I think I can call it a phenomena, when eight hundred thousand people are dying per year, which means every forty seconds, approximately every forty seconds, one person is committing suicide. That's not a small thing. Well, there are many aspects to this. If you... <laughs> if you are... Because people right now, if they've lost somebody who is dear to them or who they look up to, now they are in an emotional state, they will not look at it as it should be. But if you are willing to simply look at it as life, not as a person, one of the most fundamental reasons for collapse of an individual human being, which may end in suicide or may end in a depressed state or may end in some other kind of ailment uh, that is subject to various aspects, but essentially a collapse. Life did not collapse. Life collapse, that's different. That is Karla Bhairava's work. You want to take his job, you want to go ahead of him and do it yourself. Well, this needs to be treated with compassion, I know that very well. It's not that I'm... I have no compassion, it is a sensitive matter. But I want you to look at it simply the way it is, because if you want to grasp what it is, Otherwise, when somebody commits suicide or when somebody dies, you get emotional, you think this is the end of the world, after three days you will go back to your normal life and everything will go on and you'll forget about it. And once again when somebody dies, again the same emotions, same struggles and again go back to the same square one. So it's time that you look at it just as life, not as a person. Especially not as a person that was near to you or dear to you or someone that you loved, don't look at it that way, just as life. Why does a life do this? <clears throat> there are many, many layers to this. One fundamental aspect is, the experience of life is not pleasant. Because right now, the experience of our life has been mortgaged to something else, to success in the world or to money, to wealth, to relationships, just so many things, mortgage to so many things. If the market collapse, people will commit suicide. If a love affair collapse, somebody will commit suicide. If they lose their wealth, they will commit suicide because 
what you call as a human being, unfortunately, is a collage of all these things. My money, my home, my family, my relationships, my job and my position, my fame, my name, all this collage. Well, this means... a collage means a loosely put together pieces. Anytime it can collapse. If one part of the picture somebody burns it out, it'll collapse. Well, many questions will come up, I know in a brief time, I won't be able to cover all these aspects, there's... I think... Uh, we have covered this in the death book. To an extent of elaborateness, where I will not make enemies with people. Yes, because most of the humanity is not willing to look at life straight in the eye. They want drama. So to the point that it is possible to present in the public space, we've gone that place and a little more with that book about suicide and all these aspects. To put it very simply, there is life. Life means not things that happen in your life. Life is not a drama that's happening around you. Life is a fundamental thing that's happening within you. This life runs on the basis of certain principles and laws of its own. And now, there is a world around you, a society. It learns... it runs on its own crazy principles, which is fluid and changing all the time. Today, if you do one thing, people will clap their hands for the same thing. Hundred years later, they will pull you down. Well, right now, there is a movement going on. All these races, at one time, they were celebrated, they were great leaders. They were great leaders, people thought, it's not one or two people, I want you to understand. Today, it is being made out like this, one person was a racist. One person was not a racist, the entire society was. One person killed more, captured more, enslaved more, so he was a hero, that's why we put up his statue. In the given society, he was a great hero. Because a racist means he's against somebody but serves somebody else. If I rob you and give it to this person, this person is happy, he thinks I'm a wonderful guy. It's called a Robin Hood, you know <laughs> So, when people went and stole wealth from other nations, people at home clapped their hands and said, this is wonderful. That was not enough, stealing their wealth. We stole people and brought them. People said, this is great, these guys will work for free. People said, it's great, please understand, it's not that one guy, not that one slave trader, it is the entire society which enjoyed the fruits of slavery, no question about it. We can't escape that. So similarly, in a society, in any given society, this is not a commentary about any particular person or a particular society. In every society, there is something like this. 
Some are absolutely unbearable levels, others are manageable levels, but in every society there is something like this. This happened to me very young. When I was ten, eleven maybe, by the age of eleven, eleven and a half, well, uh, I start looking at life in terms of what is justice, what is injustice. I found my father very unjust. I found my mother very unjust. I found my sisters and my brother very unjust. I found the political system very unjust. I found the social situation very unjust. I saw the global situation very unjust. Everything looked like injustice to me. As I saw injustice in everything, I got slowly angry, 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 angry. No wonder, it today happens to be uh, Che's birthday, oh! I got there without even knowing about it. So Che Guevara became a big inspiration. I want to join armed struggle because all the unjust people I want to kill. All those people who are spreading injustice in the world, you want to kill. This is what Subramanya or Kartikeya did. He went on slaughtering thousands of people, wherever he saw injustice, slaughter, slaughter, slaughter. Then he realized, if you go by this mode, you will have to slaughter the entire world. Because in everything, there is some injustice. I... <laughs> even within the ashram, lot of people complaining, how much injustice is there in this damn place? Yes, <laughs> I get all kinds of commentaries <laughs> How I am unjust? <laughs> because there is no such thing as perfect justice which will make everybody happy. It's simply not possible. Whichever way you do, within the family if there are two children, one child will feel there's injustice for him. Because when you cut the mango, one piece was bigger than the other <laughs> Yes? It's like this. So when you are a collage, some piece falls down and sometimes without that piece you will be little, uh, what to say, crying and singing. Because all these things have been romanticized. When somebody cries and sings in great misery, it is considered a great song and a fantastic place. Hello? You enjoy other people crying, isn't it? You enjoy other people being in misery, you go to the cinema and uh, they cried and they... their life was a disaster, you also cried, then you came out and said, what a great movie <laughs> No, no, <laughs> I'm not commenting about the art form, but I'm saying, you enjoy other people's misery as long as it doesn't touch you. If the same things happen to you, you cry, but now, Tears really have bitterness, hmm? Now tears have acid, it burns into you. Otherwise, it's all a kind of nice thing. So why I'm saying this to you is, Sadhguru, when somebody, a young man has committed suicide, do you have to be so brutal? I... that's why I told you, I'm not talking about this person or any one person. Look at life as it is. Life is happening to a certain principle and a certain law of its own. Now you have created a society which is a collage of many things, nobody knows what the hell it is about. 
Now you take this entire society and imprint it on your mind. So you have a mind which is just like the society. But not even exact reflection of the society, your own distortions of the society. See, you can't live without the society. But in the society, there are so many points of misery for you. When it works against you, you're miserable. When it works for you, you enjoy it. This is going on. So you have a mind, thought and emotional structure and you have a life. These are like, uh, you know, in Isha Yoga Center, all the carts, we put only one bull. This is very new in Tamil Nadu, if you don't know this. Only in Karnataka, there are one bull uh, carts. In Tamil Nadu, there are no one bull carts, always two bulls. Even a small cart, two bulls, there's some cultural uh, belief or understanding about that. So I insisted it must be one bull. Our people said, no Sadhguru, one bull will not be able to pull. I said, it's okay, put ball bearings, do whatever you have to do, make it easy, but it must be one bull. Now, the life that you are and the mind that you are are like two bulls on a cart. You must be a skillful driver to keep the two bulls in one direction. If one goes this way, one goes that way, your cart will crash. It may not go totally away, they're little pulling this way, then you're little depressed, you're struggling, you're miserable. But if it really goes in two different directions, you will crash. Not everybody will crash. Unfortunately, eight hundred thousand people per year, I don't know, over, they are saying over 200,000 people are between 20 to 29 years of age. Prime of their life, they're taking it out. So what is their struggle? Somebody may have a incurable disease, so very painful, so he wants to end it, we will pardon him. Somebody else in a financial mess, we don't pardon him. Somebody else failed our affair. We cannot pardon him. Somebody else failed an exam, cannot pardon him at all. Like this, there are many reasons. This is not to make jokes out of them, it is just this that all that's happening within you is, you have a mental image of what is life and you have a life. When your image doesn't match the life that you are, this life that you are is not different from the life that I am. It is not different from the life that anybody is. But your mind has become like this, it doesn't reflect life, it doesn't serve life. It thinks it's a life which by itself. You start believing that your thought process and emotion is a life by itself. Your social situations are a life by itself. Now, one bull is pulling this way, one bull is trying to go straight, another bull is pulling that way. We don't know how strong the ropes are, how long it'll hold. If it doesn't crash, anyway it's a miserable ride. 
See, there is no need for you to end your life because Kala Bhairava, his efficiency you cannot question. He is not left one single human being undead. Never failed, isn't it? Some people lived long. This doesn't mean they escaped death, they lived well, that's all. Their mind and their life, the two bulls ran together. Or maybe they were wise enough to make it into one bull. Only their life ran, mind was just a small happening, like me. Nothing in the head. So, no problem, people ask, Sadhguru, will you ever get angry, will you get depressed? Will you feel frustrated? Where does that happen? Where does those things happen? I don't know where it happens because that place where it happens generally doesn't exist with me. Once in a way, when I sit like this, I need a mind, so I bring it back. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. There is... well, does frustration happen in my little finger? It is hurting a bit, but... Frustration doesn't happen in the little finger. But looking at the little finger, frustration can happen here. Frustration cannot happen in the little finger. Frustration cannot happen in your toes. Frustration cannot happen in your knees. Frustration happens only in one place. That place, to get rid of that place, it takes lots of work. So right now the best thing to do is, the two bulls must be disciplined enough to ride together. You don't try to make life go with mind, there's no such thing. It runs by itself, that's not even yours. That's not run by you, it's running, this is creation. Your business is to keep the other bull, which is entirely your bull. You're getting it, huh? <laughs> this is entirely your bull, made up by you. The bull that you have made up should run with this bull. Your bull should just be a shadow of this bull. Your bull, the shadow has stood up and doing its own nonsense. Obviously, there'll be trouble. So this may... a whole lot of reactions will come for this because this is going live <laughs> But I'm telling you, this is all it is. There is life and it's a fortune that with evolutionary process we have such a complex mental or cerebral activity. You just did not learn how to ride that bull, that's all. You can call it misery, you can call it frustration, you can call it depression. You know, the depression clubs have been at me for last two, three years because I said something like this. Once, and a, once again I'm saying <clears throat> This is not to insult them. This is not because I have no empathy for them. This is because there is a way beyond that. When there is a way beyond that, if you do not 
explore that. It's most unfortunate. Well, no Sadhguru, isn't it natural for life to be up and down and up and down, you know? People immediately weave philosophies around their misery. No, it is natural. Last two days I was happy, now last one week I've been miserable. It is natural. After all, we were very happy when we got married. Last fifteen years we've been, we've been miserable. It's okay. I'm saying people are weaving philosophies around their misery. There is no need to weave a philosophy around your misery or your joy or your love because these are all things that you generate in your thought and your emotion. There is no need for a philosophy. There is simply no need for any kind of philosophy, explanation or religion or God loves you or you love him, none of these things are needed if, if, if you had your bull in total control. That's all it takes. The, the mental bull is running away. If it was in your control, you would make this bull serve the cause. If you have two bulls on your cart, the purpose of both the bulls must be same. The moment two bulls have different intentions, then... See, I want you to understand this. This life, the life that you are, this is not thinking of becoming rich. This is not thinking of becoming famous. This is not thinking of this and that, acquiring this or that. Well, it needs body to be nourished well, that's all. That's a fundamental need. If the platform of body is well nourished, it'll stay. If it is not, it'll go. But even that, it does not ask. That is something that we decide that this must go on. But the life just wants to happen in an effervescent and exuberant way, as effervescently as possible as exuberantly as possible. Now, you must see, probably you have not seen, you uh, these days uh, there are not too many because everything has become tractor, truck and all this, otherwise in these mud tracks, there are mud tracks which, uh, you know, which have cut deep into the thing like ten, twenty feet below the normal earth, it's cut and it's all like that. You will see, a bullock cart driver, how he will struggle to keep the two bulls together. Because once the land is not flat, the bulls get little confused. One wants to go like this, one wants to go like that. One is walking to its comfort, another is trying to find its own comfort because the land is like that. And too much load on one bull, so it is trying to push it on the other one. Now he struggles to control. How skillful he is! will decide how successfully he will come out of that mess. Well, usually there will be one or two very skillful drivers. When difficult situations come, they will put their cart that side, walk back and put one, one cart, the same driver, because they clearly know all of them are not equally competent to handle the two bulls in difficult terrain. On flat terrain, everybody rides, 
On flat terrain, even if it's pulling and pushing, you don't notice because it's going straight. So this is the reason why the purpose and the activity aimed towards self-transformation is the most important activity in a human being's life. Why forever in this culture, spiritual process has been held as the most important and the highest dimension in life is simply because one aspect of it is reality, another aspect is psychological reality. Even to make out the distinction between the two, it needs some work. Otherwise, you are thinking the bull that you have made up is a reality by itself. The bull that you make up, especially the bull that you have made up, should be completely in your control, isn't it? Hmm? Creation's bull, not totally in our control, we leave it to Kala Bhairava. But the bull that I made up must be completely in my control. But right now, that is the bull that's going out of control. So in how many ways it will manifest, how many varieties of sufferings that human beings have today, these are all the different ways it will manifest. The suffering can become to such a point that the fundamental reason why you are here is because you're born and you're alive. So the very fundamental becomes unimportant, that your own shadow bull becomes... a shadow becomes more important than the real thing, that's all that's happened. You can call this misery, you can call this frustration, you can call this depression, you can call this suicide, but essentially the shadow has become more important than the real thing. Well, whoever this young man is, most unfortunate, but over eight hundred thousand people are doing this to themselves every year. We can't be very proud of having created a great society or a civilization. If genuinely we have created a great civilization, then all sorts of people, all sorts, the strong, the weak, the capable, the incapable, everybody should find a place somewhere. Everybody should at least know within their limited space how to remain peaceful and joyful. This is civilization. Right now our idea of civilization for the last millennia has been how to go and hack other people to death, grab their things and say we are civilized. When you have such an idea of civilization, internally, many, many things will go on because you have invested in the collage that you have created. To such an extent, I am not saying we should not have a social structure, we should not... Uh, at any point of time society will be a perfect collage, no, it will never be. It is just that you can blow your balloon, your bull, you can make it as big as you want, but you must be able to put it to sleep when you don't want. When what you create, you start thinking is the reality, is existential. When you mistake the psychological for existential, unfortunately, suffering is inevitable. This moment, you may be 
Uh, I, I never understood as a child, I always heard this, I'm feeling on top of the world. I would just think, is he on North Pole? As a <laughs> what is this top of the world? What they mean is, if you pile up all the human beings in a heap, they are right on the top, that's what they mean. They don't mean North Pole. It took me some time to understand this. Whenever people said, I'm on top of the world, I thought I would imagine maybe they're dancing on North Pole. <laughs> because right from a very early age, I was a geography buff. So, <laughs> it took me some time, these people are imagining every other human being below them, that's top of the world. When you have such a dream, suffering is inevitable. This is... let this be very clear that this is not... what I'm saying is not a commentary about any one person. This is the nature of your existence. If you come to terms with it, you will know how to manage this, not just manage this, how to make this into a phenomenal possibility. Or every day struggling with the two bulls, screaming, yelling, you should see, the bullock cart drivers, how they abuse the bulls because they're draw... they're... Dr you know, they're going in different directions. Bad words and filth, everything, they will abuse the bulls. I'm sure they don't understand the bull that you're throwing out, but uh, that is how bitter you're feeling. Today you're seeing in the society, abuse is not only at a given time, some time, once in a way you lost control and abuse. Daily conversation is abuse. It's becoming like that. This clearly is like a barometer. It is showing what is the level of discrepancy you have between life and the shadow. The discrepancy is so much, if you sit, stand, only thing that comes out is filth from your mouth. Only thing is abuse, abuse, abuse. This is happening around the world. Uh, some people may be picking it up thinking it's fashion, but essentially you need to understand there's such a level of unpleasantness within you, nothing wonderful can come out of you, not possible. It is only abuse. So you must understand, once it is moving this way, this eight hundred thousand number, may keep on growing. A whole lot of people will start thinking it's not worth living because they have not touched life itself. They're lost in their own bull. Their psychological reality has completely overpowered the life process, the existential process that we call as life. Life is not your doing. You didn't create this. This is a phenomena. If you were part of this phenomena, like the galaxies are, like the wind is, like the water is, without cerebral activity of their own, without individual experience, you would also be fine, floating in the wind. 
existence gave you an individual experience, though you're bloody nothing. In this cosmos, you're really nothing. To this nothing, a speck, it gave you an individual experience. You can sit here and experience yourself as a separate entity. In this, there is no word. There is no word for how magnificent and how elaborate a creation it is. In this cosmic space, you are not even a speck of dust, microscopic, not even that. For this kind of a speck, there is an individual experience. And right now, because you have taken this individual experience too seriously and abusing it too much, your miseries, your frustrations, your depressions, unfortunately, suicide is one consequence. But many other people are living far more miserable than the people who actually committed suicide. But they continue to live because uh, one bull is very strong, it's not giving up. Yes? For some reason, life energies are too strong, they won't give up. If these eight hundred people... eight hundred thousand people are people who are successful. For eight hundred thousand people, I'm quite sure there are at least three times or four times or five times, I don't know the exact number, who attempted suicide. Not successful cases are there, any number. So, that is because life was strong and they didn't give up. Though mind wanted to go there, life was strong. Your thought and emotion wants to go there, but life was strong and held on. Well, when life should end, life will decide. But whatever reasons they committed suicide, once a life is gone, either by ailment or accident, natural death, suicide, it doesn't matter how. Once a life is left, we must just bow down because that is the decision of a life for whatever reason. When they're alive, we do everything to see that this must be avoided. Once it has left, you must just bow down because that's existence about which you have no power. You have power to ride it. You have no power to control it, you have no power to direct it. You can only enjoy the ride of life. So once a life has left, whoever it is, for whatever reason, what reasons they committed suicide may look profound or silly to you, it doesn't matter why. But once a life has chosen to leave, you bow down and respect that. Next question is from Spurti. Namaskaram Sadhguru, you have said once you empty yourself, then Devi has no choice but to be with you. And if Devi is with you, I also do not have a choice. How do I empty myself and imbibe Devi's grace? Will Devi Yantra help me empty myself? Can I do some sadhana for this? Hmm. One Shankaran Pillai <laughs> went house hunting, he needed accommodation. After much search, he didn't find any. 
Then somebody said, there's one nice house there, it's empty, but people say it's Bhut Bangla. That means it's a haunted house. But Shankaran Pillai was so desperate to find accommodation. So he went and knocked on this door. The door opened and two guys came out. He asked, uh, Shankaran Pillai asked, somebody told me this house is available, it is empty. Is that so? Is it available for rent? They looked at each other and said, we don't know, you should ask the neighbors because we died fifty years ago. <laughs> so, this presence and absence is a very <tch> mistaken thing by a lot of people. Whatever I say will be misunderstood, so I'm just saying. <laughs> hmm. Because I can't give... I know this is a serious question, I can't give a wacky answer. Sadhguru, why are you like this? Generally, when we see... if somebody is asking me this question, when we see you with people, you are wonderful, you are compassionate, the moment you come and sit here, you become so brutal, cutting everything into pieces. Kalabhairava <laughs> <laughs> company, you know <laughs> Well, once happened, Sankaran Pillai opened a tea shop. Tea shop, you know. Today in India, tea shops are very highly regarded for a variety of reasons. So he got into the tea business, hoping that someday his children will find a future. So somebody came, drank the tea and said, why is this tea so bad and it's cold, it's not even hot? At least if it was hot, we couldn't feel the taste. Taste is bad and it's cold. Shankaran Pillai said, the tea comes all the way from Darjeeling <laughs> It's a cold place, what can I do, huh? <laughs> so I'm telling you, what can I do? I thought my business is to just reveal what is there, not to make up my own philosophy about it. I could also weave a nice philosophy. See, Kailabhairav, Shiva could have made himself 
into a very nice gentle man, like an angel looking at you when you're dying. Come. <laughs> Why? Because only if you fear the death you will live. Yes. If... if everybody genuinely believed that when you die, angels are welcoming you, there, there is a party on the other side, and in heaven all the fantastic things, it would be very hard to keep people alive. <laughs> See, so many people who believe in heaven, they're just blowing themselves up. Because they really believe there is another place where things are better. So, this culture is a very wise culture. When we say death, you don't want to go there. That means you want to live. It's very important. But Sadhguru, maybe you forgot I asked about Devi. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> she is also like this only. I was about to say something which is a little insensitive. <laughs> if you were the only ladies I was dealing with, I would have said it. <laughs> but I can't say it now, okay. <laughs> so, uh, what is Devi? See, what is feminine? What is masculine? Is just a certain aspect of life, certain manifestation of life. It's not life itself. Life itself is a torrent of energy. It has no masculine, it has no feminine. Manifestations have happened, feminine and masculine. So, our fundamental idea of masculine and feminine is male and female. Because in the human species there is male and female, this whole masculine, feminine, the idea of masculine and feminine is trying to understand a male and a female beyond body parts. Right now being male and female is only a question of body parts. Masculine and feminine means a subtler dimension of the same thing beyond physical manifestations. So we're talking about the feminine. So if you distill the feminine out of the female. A female is a certain type of body, a male is a certain type of body. If you take the masculine out of the masculine... out of a male body that is masculine in its purity, if you take the feminine out of the female body that is feminine in a certain purity without 
the foundations of physicality. Why is this important? It is important because physical manifestations have instigated a certain level of compulsiveness, a certain level of uh, entanglement in the whole process. So to be able to enjoy that dimension without entanglement, to be able to enjoy that dimension without actually, uh, you know, without physical consequences to it. But what is masculine, what is feminine manifests itself in many other forms. Man is not always the same, nor a woman is not always the same. At different times, different zones, different ways, this masculine and feminine functions differently. So what is Devi is a certain dimension of feminine. I don't know where this uh, story, what is the origin of this story because there is no enough, uh, what to say, there is no enough ecosystem to come up with a story like that in that culture. When people talked about out of a man's rib a woman came, well this is, uh, this is not to be looked at in terms of uh, masculine, I mean, in terms of male domination and uh, insignificance of uh, female existence, uh, that is a social thing, leaving that. This always intrigued me, but I don't see any other ecosystem supporting that, because pulling out the feminine out of one's body and manifesting it has been very much a part of this culture. Always the Devi temples, had a more vibrant and powerful hitting-in-the-face kind of energy compared to Shiva temples, which are more subtle and balanced, simply because it is largely, if it is uh, even done with use of sounds or mantras and rituals and processes, still it is of a certain kind. But essentially, it is something that you pull out of your system and put it there in a certain way. So when we manifested the Bhairavi, we chose Bhairavi little so that people don't fall in love with her. If she was, they would fall in love with her. So I made her like this, but in spite of that people are falling in love with her. <laughs> Though. Uh, I made her look like anything other than a female. <laughs> Nowhere uh, related to a female form in any sense. But still feel people are uh, immensely falling in love with her because the sheer energy, if you close your eyes and sit, she is a fantastic woman. Fantastic woman does not mean nice. <laughs> you must... You must know this <laughs> Not always nice, but fantastic. So you must always know this, fantastic is not always nice. It's just when life is happening in a torrent, it's fantastic. Is it always nice? No, you may get washed away. If you have ever seen a flash flood, 
I just escaped one by a few seconds once, otherwise I would have been washed away in that flash flood. Wow, when it flew, when it came, the f its force, its fury, the kind of energy it carried, it just lasted only maybe six to eight minutes, but it... that image will never ever go away from your mind because the power of it is such, it's fantastic. A tsunami is fantastic, but it's not nice. A volcano is fantastic, but not nice. Not nice to you, unless you're far away. So, uh, I said, she is fantastic. I didn't say she is nice. If you are the kind who enjoys the fantastic, because that's where life is. That's where life is. You become nice because you've been tamed. Does it mean to say you have to be ugly? in your behavior? No. Fantastic has a beauty which nobody can ignore. Nice is only a convenience for you. For your present temperament, it's a convenience. But if everything around you was nice, you will want to leave that damn place and go, because you can't stand it. Nice will kill you. Fantastic, keeps you alive <laughs> because it is the nature of life. The very life is like this, it's fantastic, it's not necessarily nice. If you are riding it, if you are riding the tsunami wave, fantastic. If you are beneath it, not nice at all. So she is of a certain kind. She's my kind of a woman. <laughs> Powerful, crazy, deeply compassionate. But neither you can entangle her, nor will she entangle you. That was very important for me. That is why she's made the way she's made. She is not in any way entangling, just powerful, fantastic. So, for you to feel the presence, what is that? You want to do? Huh? You want to do the process? Is that what? How do I empty myself and oh, invite Devi's okay, class? Okay. Uh, well, Can I do some sadhana for this? <laughs> No, no, when you make a... when you meet such a woman, she will empty you <laughs> These days, uh, at least in United States, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean any insult. In United States, uh, particularly in California, people keep talking about it. Uh, he got married twice and he's bankrupt now. <laughs> so, she got married thrice and she's a millionaire now. So, uh, we're not talking about emptying in terms of pockets or house or something, she will empty you. 
So how do you connect with her? You don't have to try to empty yourself. If you just connect with her, we created her because you did not connect with me. If you connect with me, I would have done the job myself. But you didn't show one more entity for you. If you connect with her, she will empty you. You don't worry about how to empty myself. But you must connect. What is connecting? Whenever you're little shitty, I mean fearful, Bhairavi Devi, Bhairavi Devi. Now, that's not the way to handle this. This is, uh, if you really want to be with that, you must make it a part of your breath, on and on and on and on. Not necessarily by saying the mantra, simply because uh, I think this is coming from people who have the yantras at home. Well, she's exuding a certain level of energy. Well, there are fools who've taken the yantra and they think their neighbor's yantra is better than theirs. <laughs> yantra is only a window, the real source is here. So, if you think your neighbor's window shows better scenery than yours, no, no, you need to clear your eyes. Too much goo out there in the morning, you see, not able to see anything, not because the sun is not bright, simply because your eyes need some cleaning. So you clean yourself up a little bit. Cleaning yourself up means just this. Well, this empty and being full of yourself, you know what it means being full of yourself? You're too full of yourself, uh, tone it down. That's what we've been talking about all this time. Tone down your nonsense a little bit, your bull, tone it down. When you need two bulls to do a certain type of work, you know, the climb is too steep, you need two bulls. Put two bulls. When you don't need, uh, there should be only one bull. When the sun is on, harsh, there'll be a stark shadow out there. In the night, if you're walking with where there are no lights, if you have a shadow, there's something wrong with you, isn't it? <laughs> so at least when you're alone, you shouldn't be too full of yourself. When we are at, uh, with the world around you, maybe you have to put on an act. At least when you're alone, there should be no act. You must be just yourself. Yourself does not mean your personality. Yourself means life. It has no flavor, it has no attitude, it's simply there. So one simple thing you do is, just see, test yourself today itself and see, simply sit. Eyes open, simply, still, unmoving. See if you can bring everything to a certain stillness. No need to stare at something, no need to concentrate, no need to take away your thoughts, no need to think about this and that, nothing. Simply sit still. Just like that. You will see, how much nonsense you're making up all your life. So there is nothing to empty, it's just fluff. If you 
are, are doing the process with the Devi Yantra. Well, she'll burn through the fluff effortlessly. If you need a, a sound going with you, chant the mantra, stuti or something, not when you think you need. You must do it when you don't need. That's what is most important. The difference between a devotee and a deceitful person is just this. A devotee is focused towards one thing, irrespective of what the situation is. Deceptive person only looks at it that way when he needs it. Well, that is an abuse of a relationship, isn't it? Hello? It's an abuse of a relationship. You look towards somebody only when you need them. Otherwise, you ignore them. Now, that is a very abusive relationship. You better not abuse her. That's not the kind of woman who takes abuse, okay? So, uh, please, just bring this into yourself. Sit still, simply in front of the yantra or anywhere you want. It's not only there, anywhere. Yantra is just a window. If you pay enough attention, there is a torrent of energy. You don't... This is happening with some of you, that you think uh, you there and Devi, this must happen, my child should get healthy, he must get first class, I must get a job, my husband get, must get promotion and... If you think somebody is bigger than you, you should just shut up and not say a thing, isn't it? At least that much you must have, that much sense. When you see there is a presence which is bigger than you, should you not just shut up and listen? No, no, you have to advise them all the things, because priests and pandits have taught these things to you, that you must influence God every day. I think he is really enjoying the lockdown more than anybody else. <laughs> no church, no mosque, no temple. I think he is really enjoying the break. This happened. A priest was working in a local village. One day he decided he will quit this village and go and find some greener pastures somewhere else. So he announced in the village, I'm leaving. People asked, why? Why are you leaving? What's the problem? He said, see, you don't love me because you're not even taking care of my upkeep. I'm neglected, I don't have enough to live. You don't love each other because none of you have gotten married in the last two years. So no weddings to conduct, where is the money? And even God does not love you, because in the last one and a half years, not a single person has died in this place, he did not even call anybody. So no funerals, how do I live here? I'm going. So, little love in your heart, rest will happen. You don't say, I love, how do I empty my heart? 
There's no such thing. <laughs> How do I empty my heart and make space for you? No such thing. If you have enough love in your heart, uh, love means just this, that we tweaked up life process, little more intense, that's all. Because uh, now the emotional bull is in sync, it's a pleasant tweak up. But the same love affair, suppose uh, the person that you love gets sick, it becomes an unpleasant tweak up. You will suffer more, much more than you would have if you were alone. But it's okay, the important thing is life is tweaked up. Pleasant or unpleasant, doesn't matter, it is tweaked up, it's happening intensely. Whether it is a comedy or a tragedy, it's happening intensely. That's what you enjoy, whether it's a drama or your life, isn't it? So, with her around, there is no sedate life, it's intense. <laughs> we will... Uh, the next darshan is uh, the coming Sunday, which is the twenty-first of uh, June. It happens to be the International Yoga Day. So, maybe we won't just talk, we will make you bend and twist and... So, uh, it's International Yoga Day and uh, this year with social distancing, uh, it is not as much as it would be otherwise, but we must keep this on. We are... we are doing many things in different countries. And uh, with the foreign missions of... Indian foreign missions in various countries are doing something with us. Above all, it's important to remind the world one reason why we fear this virus so much is there is not enough yoga in the world. If it was there, uh, one thing our systems would be much better equipped, that's one thing. Another thing is, if they say social distance for fourteen days, it wouldn't be any problem if everybody was into some form of yoga. Fourteen days social distancing, if somebody had announced in the world, everybody kept the distance, virus would be gone in one fortnight. So, because there is not enough yoga, virus is having a field day. So, International Yoga Day, next Sunday, 21st of June, we'll see you again <laughs>